Lee Majors. Last week on NetTrek, a terrible, strange, orange-haired creature is terrorizing the grand old party and dissolving... Hey, wait a minute. I've read this before. What the hell is happening here? They gave me the wrong script. Or those lazy writers must be on strike again, and they didn't write an intro for me, Lee Majors, to read in front of NetTrek. This is terrible. I guess I'm just gonna have to lump it. And you're gonna have to wing it. Here we go. NetTrek 39. Here it comes. I think they wrote the rest of it. It's wild, Steve. It's wild. Space. The ultimate marketplace. These are the voyages of the Starship Free Enterprise. Its mission of undetermined length. Um, until we're canceled, I guess. To seek out strange new commodities. Exploitable alien workforces to brazenly amass the largest profits that any corporation has before. This one, sir. Yep. <laughs> you may throw that into the pile, too. It's spring on Earth right now, and we're going to do some spring cleaning right here in space. You're in luck, Mr. Stephanie U. Today, for lunch, the crew will be having synthetic meatloaf sandwiches. It's actually asbestos sandwiches, but don't worry. It's legal again, and it's the best asbestos we could get from no money down. <laughs> the kitchen staff is going to stick some feathers in them and call them turkey sandwiches. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, thank you, sir. What are you doing, Willard? What's that stuff you're having thrown out? 
<laughs> no worries, Ned. They're personal belongings. Sentimental stuff. Uniforms, clock radios, camera phones, dog whistles, and horse chestnuts. Well, that's not your stuff. It all belongs to active duty crew members. I think the chestnuts belong to a horse. <laughs> not you, though, Ned. It's probably Chester's horse, whoever he is. So let me get this straight. You're waiting until crewmen are all at their plastic workstations, and then you're having their quarters cleaned out and everything tossed. Well, not exactly, Ned. Mr. Stephanie Yu is under orders to render all quarters back to me. The smaller coinage, along with everything else, is jettisoned into space. That can't be legal. Oh, what am I talking about? The Cosmos Protection Agency is being run by Space Administrator Scott Pruitt, that comically corrupt paleo-cracker. Don't worry again, Ned. We've replaced Pruitt with Ryan Zicky. He runs it with a nod and a winky to all the major industrial polluters of the Confederation. Captain, this is Sulu here. <laughs> yes, Mr. Sulu. This is the captain here. The captain of the starship. Chief in command. The leader of men. One in a thousand. Uh, sure. We're picking up something on the scatters. Uh, something unusual. Who would have imagined it? A man with such humble beginnings could ever rise so high. What the hell? Are you Horatio Alger now? Your freaking father was a corporate executive, turned governor, turned failed presidential candidate, turned failed father your ass. Yep, and all it took for me was to return to my people's homeland and transform their belief in me into the building blocks of a new Uber me. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ. Congratulations on your great election victory in Utah. One that any half-wit Republican with a pulse would have won. <laughs> well, we best get to the bridge while I'm on this high. I feel like I can take on the Abomulans, the Clintons, and the Cartesians. Even if they're all standing on top of each other. <laughs> Let me at them! Get in the elevator, Willard! Oh yeah, that's the first step. Captain on the bridge. Yep, sad, but here he is. What's our status, Ned? Give me a chance to canter over to my station, fool. Uh, is that what I think it is, Captain? There's a set of bagpipes floating alongside us. There's a bunch of other junk, too. Some whiskey bottles, a statue of Confederate General Stonewall Jackson, and a bunch of old-style reel-to-reel tapes. I say, my statue! My whiskey! What in nation? <laughs> you know, I think we captured carnations, Doc. And those are my tapes, all right. It's a good thing I have the transcripts. That means I can recreate them. We can act them out in my oval quarters. I better get to work on robotic garlic men and hold them in. Willard, you idiot! You do know you're not supposed to dump anything from a moving spaceship! If you do, the junk follows right with you. It's called inertia. <laughs> 
I'm prepared to reverse all engines. Um, okay. Full stop, Helms dude. Aye, sir. If that's what you really want, what do I care? Reversing engines. No! What was that? Are we taking fire? I better get to the bunker. Oh no, that will put me with Hitler in a bunker at the end of the show. You're giving away the plot of the show again, Pearl. Actually, I think that was a Twilight Zone episode. Captain, there are damage reports coming in from all over the administration. I mean, from all over the ship. There's a bagpipe-shaped hole in the saucer section. One crewman is dead. Yet another victim of the Highland Pipes. Ack, now whatever am I gonna play at his funeral? I got no pipes. Why don't you play your ass flute, fool? I figure you must have it out for some reason. Ack, no. Me kilt is gone too. <laughs> and I've lost a man. Good thing we already unloaded all his belongings. Now that was forethought in action for you. Willard, your incompetent boobery has led to the death of another man. That makes 212,367,589,264. So you are counting the casualties from the Septus system? Why the hell wouldn't I? I distinctly told my robotic man to clean out the septic system. And he went ahead and cleaned out a whole star system worth of inhabitants. <laughs> yep, but he also cleaned out the septic system, so there was no need for a reprimand. That's all been forgiven, Ned. The Confederation's House of Burgermeisters isn't going to hold him accountable for a mass murderous mistake. The septic system would have blown up anyway in a few hundred million years. Just look at the state they let their son get into. It burned through its hydrogen like a drunken red dwarf. I must say that I too am envious of the captain's body count. It puts him right up there with Lee Kwan and Crotus. Despite all our efforts, Henry and I have only attained the Colonel Green status. We may need to go back in time and even up the score. Hopefully there are enough Asians around to tip the scales in our favor. Does that thing have a power pack that can be pulled out? Willard, why were you cleaning out the crewman's cabins in the first place? What was the point? <laughs> Well, we needed the storage space, Ned. Bane Galactic has a consignment of liquefied natural gas to move to the plastic goop system. We promised free shipping. For Bane, anyhow. <laughs> we were going that way anyway. That is, once I give the order to make course, of course. <laughs> Mr. Horse. <laughs> Why did I ask? Because you had something to say. <laughs> you know, this all reminds me of the Academy. My days. You know, before Pater bought the quad... I had to share a dorm suite with a couple of other trust fund boys. <laughs> we were known as the Cabbage Patch Kids because of all our cabbage. One of their names was Wayne Rich and the other's name was Just Wayne, but he was rich too. I remember one time when they were out on the town enthusiastically spreading venereal diseases, I sublet the room to a meat packing firm. For the rest of that term, it was just me and the meat. <laughs> Occasionally, I'd dress the side of beef up as a policeman and send it out to lean on hippies and step on their beads. Mr. Sulu, plot a course for Planet Plastigoop 4. What? Uh-oh. Okay. Plotting course. Engaging drive. 
Uh, warp five, I guess. Captain, we're getting a transmission from Starfleet. It's Commodore McConnell, played this week by some grubby old prospector. <laughs> Commodore McConnell. He probably has a judge from Planet Hitler he needs confirmed. Sure, sir. Just stuff him into the Alito Bay. We'll get to him. No, not this time, but you just about half guessed it, Ramney. We've got a Hitler gone bad problem happening in your sector space. The problem needs rectifying, and you're the closest ship that does that kind of rectal business. This crew does it just about everywhere it goes. That's how we find our way back. Now listen up. We got ourselves a rogue Confederation senator on our hands. It's Senator Sanders, and not the good chicken frying one, the bad comifying one. Ten solar years ago, he took a shuttle over to the planet Fecker S7 and infiltrated the government there in some kind of unsanctified socialistic way. Now they're not sending us any of their Denebian blood crystals, nor are they paying protection money. I think Sanders has his own racket going down there for his own purposes. <laughs> well, what do you know about that? I didn't even know that purposes played tennis. Shut up, Willard, so that reptilian fossil can finish setting up the plot of the episode. Some of us want to close up on time tonight. Thank you, you horse, you. Now your job, Romney, is to go to Fecker S7 and fetch that cami boy back here and try to minimize the goddess damage he did. If he's being that planet's Hitler, he's doing it all wrong, and he's violating the subprime directive. I don't care how you do it. Stop that Senator Sanders. Kill all the fecker toads or give them all ice cream or do both. Just get those crystals flowing again, and don't forget my money. Don't worry, sir. We'll get your monkey back. Whoa, dead nabbit, Romney. Just get your insolent horse to do it. McConnell out. Well, you all heard the Commodore. Now, would you just listen to me? I said, you all. <laughs> it's finally happening. I'm beginning to sound like a genuine Kentucky colonel. I wonder what other fabulous changes I can look forward to. Anyhow, crew, we've got a fresh mission and a spanking new episode all laid out for us. Mr. Sulu, twist a few knobs and flip a few futuristic toggle switches. Let's get underway. Uh, okay. So we're changing course to the planet Fecker S7. I guess I'm doing that now. I must say, sir, I don't understand. How did Sanders ever get to be a Confederation Senator? How did Sanders ever get to be a Confederation Senator? He's turned his back on all that we stand for, and all that we sit down for. You would think an empty barrel like Sanders would have been called long ago. Smells like your barrel's pretty full, Pearl. Oh. Anyhow, it's standard operating procedure for Confederation personnel to go to resource-rich planets and become their Fuhrer. And if there's time, maybe pretend they wrote all of Von Ribbentrop's show tunes. They need to whip a gullible population into a patriotic fervor, use scapegoating and xenophobia. After that, they'll do anything for you. Anything. They betray their own fathers and mothers to the security services, all to gain approval from the Fuhrer or just get a glimpse of his twisted smile. You know, about the only thing I'd ever betray my mother's for would be to see the Fuhrer's twisted smile or to get title to my father's land. 
But for now, I'm still thinking of my college days. My classmate Braindon Lennett III had it in his head to go to the planet Chrysanthemum 5 and be their Mussolini. You know, make their space trains run on time and all that other fascist good stuff. Old Braindon decided he needed to go back in time and get some fantastic and authentic looking uniforms. Turned out he went back too far and the hairdresser ate his lunch and ate him with it. We wouldn't have known anything about it had it not been for the Lithuanian paleontologist coming across a fossil with his surprised expression in it. <laughs> it was the best thing to come out of that limestone quarry all year. I sold it to the Franco-American Museum and made a packet of it. Good old Braindon. He was just bound to make me money one way or the other. I don't think you can say the same thing about Sanders. Lose your money, more likely, with all his welfare programs to the fat people who don't want to work. Ugh. And all those communistic five-year plans. Sounds like you'd make out pretty well, Pearl. I say, we'd all make out well once we find our Nazi guardian angel. Bring along your pterodactyl. 
das Windschutz, bring langsam rein. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Whistle and lighter is If that's just about finished, Captain. Last week's special effect of a model of the Free Enterprise orbiting an impossibly orange planet is on the screen. That means we've reached our destination. It's the planet Fracker S7! That just about sums it up, doesn't it? Captain, looks like the special effects department is making an attempt at another special effect. The script says it's a ship or a missile or something. I can't read this. It's all scribbled in the margin. I don't hear anything. Where's Glen Glen Sound? Did someone forget to pay our sound effects bill? Desi Arnaz probably drank it away along with our guest star budget. Oh my god! Oh no! It's a missile! A missile! Quit torpedoing your britches, Pearl! We don't know what that thing is! It could be the camera grip's lunchbox again! Whatever it is, we should blow it up now, and then use the provocation to justify ramping up a war. Some war, whatever war we're into at the time. And about the debris, I've got a man who can analyze the hell out of it. He'll find whatever we need to find. He's good that way. He's a son of a bitch, but one of our sons of bitches. Very good, Mr. President. Helmet man, fire one of our photon whatchamacallits at it. Uh, okay... Firing torpedoes. We blew it up! Glorious! Glorious! Analyzing the debris field now. It's 80% botanical. Seraxian daisies. Dorkin moon lilies. Flixduzian chocolates. Oh my god! Someone was finally really greeting us with flowers and candy! It would appear so. And now they're dead. Dead and buried. There were 26 dignitaries aboard the alien craft. All skilled diplomats. No doubt they all had families waiting for them to come home. Still, this massacre would bring your total body count numbers up to an even 212,367,589,290. My synthetic epidermis is turning green with envy. Jesus Christ, Willard! Now you're going to have to beam down and apologize. Maybe you could kidnap Sanders while you're doing it. On this show, the king of the planet is always somewhere nearby the beam down spot. And they rarely employ security personnel. Great idea, Ned. It was worth fattening up the graveyard for that little chestnut. Come on, bridge crew. Let's beam on down. Oh, no. Ned, I still don't understand why I can't beam down with the entire bridge crew. No, you don't, do ya? If you want less, I can go back. I really don't mind. Shut up, Pearl! Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa. Oh, V2.
looks like we've got a burner What a serviceable town center! A promenade anyone would be proud to march down in the company of a noble regiment returning from war! And all the townsfolk are outstanding before fresh whitewashed fences and fresh white-faced children, all waving flags, gaudy and sick with the Lord's blessings! And here comes Robert E. Lee! What are you blowing out about this time, cracker freak? Looks more like the back lot behind Desilu's studio, which of course it is. 
Now start reading from the script if you didn't already smoke it with your ass. Uh, okay, Ned. I've got this. It looks like a standard Nazi street, all right. I guess Sanders got that much right. I see what you mean. The crosswalks make it look like the streets have little mustaches. Shut up, Pearl! Ned, don't you think we should disguise you? According to the Nixon android, they don't have horses on Fecker Ass 7. You can at least wear a little hat and cover your ears. What's that gonna help? What about the other 14 hands? <laughs> you know, I didn't know you had any hands at all, Ned. Where do you keep them? And now it's time for the Feckerland News at 10. I'm your people's announcer, Gustin Hubler. <laughs> you know, he's got a nice voice. Earlier this morning, the Fecker People's Space Service launched a V-8 rocket carrying a contingent of diplomats as well as a contingent of eight pureed vegetables to welcome an alien spaceship that entered into high orbit around our planet. Our ship and diplomatic attaché were utterly destroyed by the strange craft. Space Command is sure that this must have been an accident, a misunderstanding, and they are now readying a follow-up mission. The Fuhrer teaches us to have forbearance and to give strangers a chance to live up to their better nature. He says there is nothing to fear but fear itself. We must give these strangers, whoever they are, every chance to be our friends. Oh my god, nothing to fear but fear itself. I'm pretty sure that's a copyrighted phrase. Anyway, it goes contrary to one of the basic tenets of despotery. Fear of another is essential to any empire, and it exists to be exploited. That's basic. What the hell kind of Nazis are these? Sounds more like Quakers, and they use tomato juice rockets. Sorry to butt in here, but as a former president, I reserve the right to employ my butt. <laughs> no problem, Mr. Nixon. Always glad to hear from your butt. Hey, we were just talking about Quakers. <laughs> you were one, weren't you, sir? You know, my family and I always enjoyed your oats. They had almost no flavor at all. Yes, yes, but I was going to let everyone know that I rechecked my Vietnam body count numbers, and I had a few more than I thought. Still not in your league, though, Captain. Damn it. Oh, crap. I have to cram my song into this show somewhere, I guess. I guess I need to do it now more than ever. La, la, la,
you sit and read in your space chair or hover around in space leisure wear. Remember me, I was always there. Know that it's really cared. I never needed to declare. Executive privilege, I didn't go there. Remember me in the big chair. Nixon comes That weren't checked and everything that was right Now Go and follow the money trail Into the water Catch a white whale Get the moon before get the And what kind of Quaker was that guy? A wartime Quaker. The most vengeful kind. Good day, friends. You all look like you could use some help. Do you need some directions, yes? Hey, wait a minute. This guy looks familiar. Haven't we used him in about 12 episodes already? Jesus, this show! No, I don't think so. I've been standing in that orchard for the longest time, and I've never seen any of you before. Yes, I'm certain of it. Now let me help to misdirect you. Er, I mean, help to direct you somewhere. <laughs> no thank you, kind sir. We're okay to stand right here in the middle of your good street, gawking at everything and critically assessing your planet's perky news service. I see you've noticed our large friend here. He has a, um, rare glandular condition called, uh, horse infantitis. He's, uh, actually getting better. You should have seen him a few years ago. Now try to explain your condition, Pearl. No need to explain. People look like what people look like. I once knew a man that looked just like a pile of human feces. Sounds like you met Pearl before. Hey! No, we never judge by appearances 
or by economic means, no. Well then, you're a disgrace to that Nazi uniform. <laughs> yes, you are. Oh yes, there is one thing you can help us with. Where does the Fuhrer live? We want to pay him a little visit. I'll bet he's in one of the bigger sound stages. Is the Poland set around here somewhere? The Fuhrer is in the Chancellor's residence down the street here. You can't miss it. If you do, come back and I will be waiting for you. Yes. <laughs> and where can I get one of those uniforms? I've got a collection going. Never mind, Willard. Let's get a move on. Let's find Sanders and put him in a bag. I say, I like classic Nazis, not this newfangled kind. Where's the original recipe? <laughs> hey, you know, I've got an idea. Well, that has to be a first. Better call the Smithsonian. They can update the animatronic Romney in their Romney display, put a plastic head on it, and throw away that rotten pumpkin they've been using. Oh, Ned. <laughs> Romney to Free Enterprise. Romney to Free Enterprise. Do you read me, Free Enterprise? Romney to Free Enterprise. Uh, yes, sir. We read you. This is Sulu. I was down there with you guys, and now, inexplicably, I seem to be up here. We needed somebody besides Nixon to answer the frickin' phone up there. Jesus, this show just keeps getting worse. Mr. Sulu, we need some real Nazis down here. If you don't have any of those handy, then how about some of those neo-Nazis from the heartland of the good old U.S. of A? The Hitlerland, if you will. <laughs> Send them down in Nazi uniforms or send them down in their space briefs if you have to. We can find some Nazi pickle barrels for them to wear. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. But, sir, all we have is Mr. Stephanie U, and he pretty much only comes in his one plastic uniform. I think it's molded right onto him. I suppose we could put a MAGA hat on him. There are a few of those lying around. No, that's okay. We may need him to die for us later. Maybe in a cave-in or a hootenanny gone bad. I know, I know. We can start stoking resentment in the alienated and impoverished artist community on this planet. Mr. Stephanie Yu can dress up like a homosexual Marxist gypsy rabbi and refuse to buy an abstract crayon drawing of a hound dog from some little kid with a mustache. No, belay that. We can incite a riot. So far, 100% of the citizens on this planet that we've talked to have been filled with a latent fascistic angst. They've all been repressed. Their desire to allow the rich elite of their country to own everything has been stifled. They need to let off steam with racist rallies and attacks on minority shopkeepers. I think all it would take would be for someone to make an inflammatory speech or give a series of lectures. Sounds like you need a southern strategy. It looks like I'm your man. I can talk to these people. I can stoop as low as an outhouse pit, lower if it's called for. I can tell them about my mother and about a certain son she was proud of. Here's a little clue, it was me. Anyhow, I can tell them how our family grocery store would be suddenly sold out of pork and beans. And that was when the wrong sort of a customer came by. Know what I mean? Yes, very subtle. I thought this disgraced android was up on the ship. Where's the continuity? I say, I'll do the talking to these people of this alien Earth. Citizens, fellow countrymen, 
listen hither of this I will tell you. There's a plague upon the land, a squirming, seething mass of virus, and it's heading for your home, and your home, and your home, and your home over there, and your home, and your home. As of this moment, I am calling for a total ban on green space goats entering this world. They are bringing space drugs. They are bringing space crime. Some, I assume, are bringing little pictures of the Pope. All right, McNoodlin' party. What's the idea? You're disturbing the peace in all kinds of ways you are. We've got laws against that here on Fucker. As soon as the sun rises, we do. <laughs> oh, that's a good sign. They have laws here. All we need to do is re-Nazify them a little bit. Excuse me, Mr. Law Enforcement Officer, can I borrow your code book and a pen? Uh, why is there an Irish policeman on a planet 500 light years away from Earth? Oh, never mind. Be quiet, all of you. You're all coming down to the station with me. You can explain yourselves to the Burgermeister. That is, once he finishes his Sunday schnitzengruben. Hey, Mr. Police Officer. You wouldn't happen to have any empty barrels of sauerkraut at the station, would you? I may need to outfit some naked men. Ah, oh, as for you, you'll be wearing a striped jumpsuit before long. That is, if I'm any judge. Now follow along with me, or there'll be a piper to pay. Well, this is a fine mess you got us into, Pearl. And now we're going to a Nazi jail. Yeah, but these are socialist hippie Nazis. Their idea of jail is probably going to be a psychedelic commune. They'll probably make us dance to the music of guitars and smoke some sort of mind-altering hash browns. Oh my god! It sounds like they really are whipping the captain! Maybe this is a proper Nazi planet after all, and they just don't make good first impressions. Do you think they'll kill him, Ned? Probably not. And if they did, I don't think it would help. He'd still be an idiot fool. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I think I've got the hang of it now. Captain alive? Impossible. Oh, great. I'm so relieved. But, Captain, what were they doing to you? Were they trying to make you talk? <laughs> I was talking a lot, but I was mostly concentrating on the job. They were showing me how to whip individual corn kernels into corn puffs. That's a breakfast food on this planet. Tomorrow they promised to show me how to make the cereal shout from guns. Incarceration is fun here, and there's plenty of meaningful work involving cereal and ballistics. <laughs> and there's Nazi games, too. Tomorrow they promised to take me to a concentration camp. It's a summer camp where the counselors teach us how to make a delicious beverage from frozen fruit concentrates. We're making drinks, Ned. Ah, uh, say, that is beyond endurance. We must find a way to regain our battleship and incinerate this hideous little globe. This abomination in the eyes of our most vengeful lord. So it is written. <laughs> hey, you know, I almost forgot. Look who I bumped into. It's my old professor from Harvard Business School, John Gilcup. Back in school, instead of concentrating on boring dates and the dreary facts about historical events, 
he boiled everything down to the greedy motivations of the primary figures and how much money was made. <laughs> money! That's Sanders, you fool! He was never your professor! You can't blame him for the state of your ass brain! Yes, I am Sanders, the Fuhrer of this world. Ah, Colonel Sanders, at last! There's nothing like settling down to an afternoon repast with a group of hawkish gentlemen colleagues and tossing around the thought of a vanquished godless foe. I'll take four buckets of your finest and make haste, good sir, make haste. Not that Sanders, you fool cracker. Sanders, what are you doing here? Why are you subverting the standard exploitation scheme of the Confederation of Planets? You're twisting the subprime directive into knots, sir. Oh, I get it. You're out here trying to make things as bad as possible, as communistic as possible, in order to maximize the Confederation's investment in regime change and bring on a full neoconian societal refit. You'll need a full complement of advisors for that. It'll cost trillions. Why didn't I think of that? Where do I sign up? Shut up, Pearl, and go polish your greed bone where I can't see it. Sanders, why are you doing it? Didn't you know that eventually the Confederation would catch on to you and figure out that's not a real mustache? You know, I agree with all of Hitler's policies. It was just his rudeness I couldn't abide. He was rude! My idea was to put the fun and socialism back into the Third Reich and to do away with the harmful elements of racism, rabid expansionism, extrajudicial killings, massacres, and murder. And while we're at it, curtail propaganda, torture, and funny hand salutes. Make a Nazi party a fun thing for all of us. Let it benefit everyone and not just 1%. I'm making the National Socialists real socialists and maybe not so nationalistic. That's disgusting. What if everybody did that? Then there'd be no World War II movies and, oh yeah, no World War II. <laughs> you know, and soon everyone would forget who Tyrone Power was. I say, the tree of bigger tree is the biggest tree in the land. And sometimes it must be watered by the urine of Confederates.
it's blood and soil And it's dirt and some greasy kind of grit It's us going country It's our efforts and that fucking bullshit Why are we so what we fight for When isn't hate alright? Racist Chancellor, you know our Lord Could never be too far right What does it matter if the Nazi wears a stash? I like stashes, malefactors. That's the chapter I'm brought back from ashes, ashes away. Let the Still the devil scream of this Let the blasphemers of Vegas Be the victim of this canker catalysts Failure Nazis, world striptease The whiskey goes down right Frontal lobeless, bucolic hopeless Grinning into It's not too late to change, sir. That's why I'm here. I can draw up plans to reverse this whole thing and get the people all scared and hating again. It would be a cinch. I do it all the time. You know, it's my greatest talent. Really? I thought your greatest talent was reserved for the latrine. Oh. Listen, we can give the Fecker people something to hate. Something that doesn't really exist. Say, green space goats from the planet Green... They'd spend all their waking time fuming against that made-up enemy of the Feckerland. And I'd egg them on with real meat. Real steak and eggs. Besides, these people are just spoiling for change. Now that they've been subjected to alien-perpetrated free health care, free higher education, and guaranteed jobs at a living wage. Oh, rebellion is ripe, I know it is. Our socialist utopia works just fine. And without all the inherent misery and unfairness, caused by the blatant profiteering of a useless and parasitic upper class. The rich and the super-rich have no place on this world. <laughs> I knew a Superman once, and I think his name was Rich, although it may have been Steve. Yep, you need some kind of space goats to hate. Hey, we could send over Stephen Miller, Stephen King, Steve Bannon, and a bunch of other racist guys named Steve to help you out. We'll throw in a Sessions, if you like, for a classic Southern brand racist. <laughs> His name isn't Steve, though. I hope that's okay. Ah, uh, say, the godly denizens on this planetoid wouldn't know what hit them. They'd be taken in by the majesty of a sprightly Martin high step and the vision of a green subhuman to lynch. Colonel Sanders, you are an affront to Southern decency, sir. You're worse than a latter-day monkey McBean. The enemy of racists everywhere. He got us all confused on that planet Sneecho. We had to institute genetic tests to determine what portion of the population were the ones that originally had stars on theirs. Oh, don't you understand? He's a Nazi, the nicest Nazi. 
politicians I know couldn't have accomplished anything without real Nazis behind them. <laughs> My gosh, there's a Nazi behind me! That was just a little joke. <laughs> I'm a very humorous man. Anyway, back where I come from, so many of the good folks we rely on to get elected are Nazis at their core. And look how well that's worked out for me. All I'm saying, Your Honor, is that the same thing can be true for you. Quit catering to the entitled 47% and concentrate on that 2% of folks that own the titles to just about everything. Wow, 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 wow. I could never assume office without Nazis. Just to get elected, I need their bodies. I don't really care if they have SSU uniforms. I will be so pleased I know you need a Mormon and a class act You need someone insipid to replace the hatch You need a parsimonious man who can tell trash from basic dance Someone who gets up when punching down and Spaniards Down Spaniards serve the roiling sea 
said I will swallow Every ugly word I uttered, every vowel I'll suck them back so fast I can accept this country with no pass Remember since before the pumpkin smashed it The pumpkin trashed it Someone has to bleed I'm talking to a forest of Nazi trees I'm comfortable, there's nothing to that a committed anarchist socialist commie like Sanders would even have prisons. But here we are, in one of them. Oh well, we'll probably be eligible for parole in about 15 minutes. That is, if I'm correct about how a liberal-run justice system works. Honestly, I'd be surprised if that cell door is even locked. It's locked. I've been trying it since I got in here. Noticed you were also in here. I say, those liberals put revolving doors on the prison so the blackest Africans and soulless Trotskyites can come out at night and defile our Ozark princesses. We must find ourselves a real Nazi to break us out of this confinement and to help us hoist our Nazi confederate flag up the biggest tree of bigotry. Okay, that's it. Now I'm going to try to break out of here. Pearl, give me your emergency dinnerware. What? No, Sulu, I need that. What if an unexpected dinner shows up? Give it to me now or I'll tell your insufferable neocon think tank what Senator Mordehead used to call you. You wouldn't dare. And besides, I don't smell like that anymore. Uh, yes I would, Pearl. Okay, okay, here's the fork and knife set. And... And the plates and the spoons and the pudding bowls. Darn it. Now I need a power source. Nixon, toss me one of your ion batteries. Sure, sure. I can't stand to be in confinement. The bars, the bars. I can't stand the bars. I can't breathe. Where's Jerry Ford? This wasn't supposed to happen this way. What the hell? I thought he was on the ship. (laughs) <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. What goes around comes around, dude. But it was never supposed to come around to me. Who the hell are you supposed to be? 
I'm Brett Kavanaugh, but everybody calls me Daddy. Just ask the moms. I say, Brett Cavendish, say it isn't so. The communist powers that be chucked you in here without regard for your birthright and your exceptional jurist prune dance. What an outrage! Wasn't as if you were a drunken black African plowing or zorking princesses into disrepute. No! Attempted rape is a traditional part of courtship in the South. Ask your lieutenant. Ask your lieutenant. You're freaking crazy, Coburn. And it's Kavanaugh, idiot. Cavendish is a popular kind of banana. <laughs> well, now, what do you know about that? Hey, Judge, telling me banana. <laughs> Six foot, seven foot, eight foot bunch. Supreme Court gonna get to Kavanaugh. Uh, Captain, before you continue, let me sing my song. This is the only place I can fit it in, apparently. You can't go wrong With a fascist that has so much charm And he's so fantastic With a pedigree as long as your longest arm You take him down It's your peril if you feed him to hounds Blessed chains the floor and then lost an angel. No, there he is with a sword of Damocles. Oh, sickly clowns, come and eat some rounds. Bring along your adorable eyes. Privileged classes, ancient seas and Roll him in, motherfucker Steamroll him right in Motherfucker just bumped him in He's so high above Like the sun is above the highest mountain sky Big up church and country club Game of us in the games and party mugs
small universe it is. Good to see you again, motherfecker. I mean, Brett. I see you still have your Brooks Brothers suit on. Very nice. You were stopping the recount of votes down in Florida in the year of our Moroni 2000. Well, now in your new position, you can stop voting all across the country. It's a great time to be alive and running. Uh, yeah. Uh, listen, I'm a Beeron from the planet Beeron Squee. I need to get out of here, too. If you're planning to escape, please take me with you. The Beerons? I've heard of your people. I think all Beerons are on the Federalist Society's list for prospective Confederate judges. It's a big list. Yep, some of that old conservative jurors prune dance. That's what we want. We came here to help the Feckers. We showed them how to build country clubs and frat houses just like the ones we have on Beeron Squee. Of course, those were for us to hang out in whenever we visited. Listen, the Feckers were welcome to work as caddies and their women were allowed to dance around for us. And some of those good ladies could only hope to become practice sister wives. <laughs> you know, it sounds like how things are in the idyllic Mormon homeworld of Klaatu. That's Caleb, idiot! You don't even know the name of your own stupid freaking Mormon planet. Wasn't Klaatu the giant robot thing from the day the Earth stood still? Anyhow, I've almost got this thing finished, Pearl. Let me stand on your back and try to get us out of here. Hey, is that some kind of beer you're making? No, it's not beer. Stand on my back? No! Oh, Jesus, you won't even notice another 150 pounds up there, Pearl. Come on, I need to reach that 30-watt incandescent light bulb up there. But my back is a disaster area today. It's your freaking head that's the disaster zone. The rest of you is just an avalanche of lard. Why don't you stand on Kavanaugh's back? Kavanaugh! Please consider using me, Mr. Lulu. I'd like to be seen holding up Chinese things like trophies. Does everyone here know about my administration's greatest achievement? Not now, you horrible, corrupted, trying android. Now let Sulu finish breaking us out of here before we really do become eligible for parole. Where are you? Uh, Jesus. Okay, I'm holding one of Pearl's dessert bowls and a battery up to the light. Just like the script says, uh... Post-production flunkies, this is your cue. Ah, oh, Jesus! I'm not waiting on those stoners! Somebody make a laser sound! Someone who isn't Pearl, that is! Oh, Ned! <laughs> well, I guess I'm elected again! Wow! The captain's laser sound blasted the lock right off the cell door! We're free to go into the rest of the prison house. Okay, please take me with you. I was a political prisoner. They didn't want me to take my rightful place as the Lord Chief Justice on the planet. They erected all sorts of last-minute hurdles, including dragging out credible witnesses to recount my depraved, drunken escapades. I mean, nobody could have seen me do it. Oh, we all believe you, Kavanaugh. You're our kind of people. We have testimonials on your character from every drunken trust fund dude at your prep school. <laughs> and we ask the moms. Oh, what do I care? Bring the entitled beer on with us. 
Let's just get moving. We need to grab Sanders and get out of here before the episode ends. Uh, how are we supposed to do that, Ned? As soon as we leave this building, the Feckerland security force will be all over us and probably try to get us high. Anyway, I don't think we'll get Sanders that way. I know. We can pretend that half of us are hippie Trotsky Nazis and the other half are severe conservative space prisoners. I guess we don't have to pretend about that part. So one half of us will usher the other half over to the building where Sanders is. And once you guys are in there, you can rake his office with machine gun fire. It can work. I noticed you left yourself out of the business end of your little plan there, Pearl. No, no, I'll help with the makeup and make sure that everyone has boots that fit. You're going to be one of the Nazis, Pearl, or you're going to get sucker-hoofed. Your choice. Oh, all right, all right. <laughs> I've already got my Nazi suit on. I'm Gestapo, and now no one can Gestapo me. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Remember, Willard, you're a socialist Nazi. When they question you, tell them you're moving the prisoners to the Chancellor's residence. For an ice cream interrogation, or for deprogramming. I fully expect we'll get deprogrammed after this episode. Actually, you three all make pretty convincing Nazis. I'm sure we're gonna regret this. Here comes one of the Nazi Sandernistas. Don't screw this up, Willard. Good day to you, citizens. Oh, but I guess it's the same day as it was when I talked to you all before. Yep, and a great day for the Feckerland. <laughs> the suns and the moons are all shining away up there. <laughs> we were just leading these enemies of the state to the Fuhrer's residence. We're making a movie. But those guys were your bosom companions that you came into town with earlier in the show, weren't they? I say, those were never friends. They snuck up on us with their green alien ways. The beer on horse had the impudence to strike the lieutenant as he went down. I promise you, that horse will never get up again. But he's walking right alongside you now. And isn't that officer a captain and not a lieutenant? Um, I think I was demoted, um, on account of my injury. It takes a while for the new rank insignias to come through the mail. Well, uh, we have to be moving along now. Nice chatting with you. Yes, yes, see you at the Nazi party tonight. I say, we will be there as sure as I live and breathe. I never miss a Nazi party. Or a clan clam bake. Okay, this is the Chancellor's residence. Now we have to deal with their security dudes. Are you there? Notice what are you and your little group of mischief makers up to now? Uh, we're, we're making a movie. Uh, that's right, Sergeant. We're making a movie. 
We're bringing these horrible capitalistic freedom lovers to see the Fuhrer. And then we're going to, um, film him kicking them. Ah, I see. But doesn't that amount to a load of nonsensical blather and tummy rot? A movie. Ain't that the limit? Nobody sees the Fuhrer. I don't even see myself when I work for him, don't I now? Oh, and by the way, I'm not a sergeant. I'm a lieutenant. Yes, even the lowborn can rise to be officers here. Tell the Fuhrer the ambassador from Red China is here. And he might be, who knows, the Chinese work in mysterious ways. We just saw Sanders at the frickin' cop station about 12 pages ago in the script. Why can't we see him now? I say, the wayward colonel would want to see me. I bring him tidings from the court of President Jefferson Davis IV. He owns a used wicker casket store and a barbecue opossum joint. He's aiming to share some of his most racist recipes. Granted, I don't think he'd want to miss that. He's currently entertaining some of his trade union friends. They've hired a Eugene Debs impersonator. They may just be in the mood for the levity. <laughs> Sounds like some top-notch entertainment all the way around. I'll say, and it's not as if we want to kidnap him or rake him with ordnance from a tommy gun. Those are billable activities, and I have nothing in writing as of this time. Shut up, Pearl! Oh, you're a strange group, you are. But it adds to your charm, I suppose. Go ahead, and go on in. I'll let you pass. I like beer. Is there any beer in there? Oh my god, I can't believe how easy that was. These guys have got no instinct for security or defense. I feel like Cortez entering the halls of Montezuma, or St. Reagan on the shores of Tripoli. We can do what we want. Kidnap, plunder. There's always rape. Don't forget that one. <laughs> Some enslaving might be called for. In my little mind, I see a factory. It could churn out Fekker-made porcelain miniatures of the Fuhrer. Who wouldn't pay top dollar for those? Would you guys quit changing the mission? I want this episode to end at some point before the next epoch begins. Don't worry, Ned. Any invasion we mount would take half hour tops. I mean, they already put down a deposit of flowers and candy. Please, all of you be quiet. The Fuhrer is about to address the planet. And... If you don't mind me asking, why do you have prisoners in here, Captain? This is not a detention center. It's the residence of the Fuhrer. <laughs> you know what they say about command and how heavy weighs the head of the captain? On his head, that is. But I was addressing him, the portly one. You're the lieutenant. He's the captain. Um, oh, that's right. I'm in command. I'm the captain. Oh, I feel so strong. And the other one there is a colonel and so he outranks both of you. I say no, sir! No, sir! The colonel is in charge of our vittles! Ah, oh, Jesus Christ! It's as if we're all speaking different idiotic languages. Hush up now. The Fuhrer is about to give his address. My fellow Fekka Essens, tonight I am speaking to you because there is a growing humanitarian and security crisis on our planet. 
Every day, customs and border patrol agents encounter thousands of illegal space immigrants trying to enter our atmosphere. We are out of space to hold them, and we have no way to properly return them back home to their strange worlds. Thacker wow, I'm surprised. This is a great speech, but look at his mouth. It doesn't move. Is he using telepathy? I can't even see his mouth. Neither can you. There's a huge microphone parked in front of it. He sounds like a robot, too. Do you think he was replaced with a racist android? I don't know, but I understand there's been a bit of that going around lately. I say, look at his eyes and his palace. It's like he's huffed up on space meth. And it's done him good. We used to stir that up in a bathtub back home in rural Oklahoma. <laughs> you know, it would be a shame to rake him with machine gun fire now. Now that he's making such good sense. He's not even being rude or anything. Now we can finally live as the Fuhrer intended. Yes, it's time for Fakarassans and Birons to come together and think the way the Fuhrer wants us to think. Yep, Fakarassan is open for business again, and a Bane Galactic distribution center is on its way. And I can just smell the wet ink from the signed arms sales contract. That's funny, I can only smell you, Pearl. You know, Black Matter, the hit squad of space military contractors that we now carry on board the Free Enterprise, beamed down and made a taxidermy specimen out of Sanders. They then installed a reprogrammed Landru 15 computer behind him. It's fascist as all hell. It's good to run Fekaras in 7 for about a thousand years, they tell me. A thousand year right has arrived. The prophecies were correct. God be praised. If Black Manor is swooping in and doing our job of upholding the subprime directive, then what the hell are we here for? Indeed. Men still have the need to do things to remain men. And I just did. I made a freighter full of cash. Mr. YouTube? I figure you're calling me, sir. But I'm not on the ship again. I've been right here with you for the last six hours, and I've got the brain scars to prove it. Very good, Ensign. 47 to beam up. Right. What do I care? Hello, this is Brendan Squaretree. Uh, I was supposed to do a song earlier in this fine episode of the Ned Trek show, but uh, the writer forgot to put it in. So here we go. I'm doing the song now. This is it right here. It's going to be inserted. Sorry to uh, let you in on the magic here, but uh, that's it. A one and a two and if you're smart enough, you can think anything. And if you're loud enough, you can say anything. And if you're strong enough, you can lift very heavy things. And if you're white enough, you can be anything. Here comes the proud boy, the soldier of 4chan. He digs through his pocket. And warms up the cold and armed with a smartphone and 
Sharped with her finger He fires off a hashtag And hopes that it lingers Our proud boy's balsell He saves it for later No, he's no romantic Or proud masturbator He sees all the girls On the beach as the basket He's poised to say no If they ever start asking And burn citronella He wants to be part of the white Christian backlash He borrows a pencil and draws on a mustache Then came the battle of anti the vampire He tried hard to tear it But the part board was lacquered Oh, proud boy just bowled it And priest down the bed Strong enough, you can lift very heavy things. And if you're white enough, you can be anything, anything.
nothing right. Don't worry, they're on their way to the laboratory for experimental work. They'll pay. Move! Got splinters already. I get. What did you say again? I'm talking about Baba. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about Popeye. Joe is t- Joey was telling me all about Popeye. You're all steamed up, Joe. So what were you saying about Good Island and Popeye? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> You were just telling me something important about a Popeye episode. I was indeed. Starring Popeye. <laughs> I feel like we've lost you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just twiddling the knobs. Yes, Put we, the knife down, Joey. Yeah, we were talking about Goon Island. Yes. Goon Island. Yes, do tell about Goon what Island. It was a strange episode. Of Popeye. Popeye. Of Popeye. Yeah. It was a very well a- early, very well animated. Early episodes. Yes. I was telling Joe I haven't seen that in about fifty years. So Yeah. It was like I'm sure it's I'm sure if I saw it I again mean, it would came seem out in the thirties, right? Oh yeah. I think that one was from Mom the thirties. Dad used to watch that. Yeah. That was from the Bob 30s. and Dad and Bob and Dad. It Crudis. It was one of those uh, original that original series of yeah. Popeye cartoons that Popeye. were like Popeye. long form, kind of like maybe eight yeah. minutes or ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Kind of interesting animation. Yeah, yeah. And then at the end That's of that one, strange concept. At the end of that one, cartoon. at the end of the that one, the, the film breaks. And the goons all fall out, and he's like hanging on. Oh. And it shows shows the film. Wow, I ever so vaguely yeah. remember that. And they show these big hands come and like repair the film, and then it starts running again. Oh, no. It was weird. It was very weird. You lost me on that. Dude, it was very strange. Yeah, it's a little bit of a letting you in on the magic of Popeye animation. <laughs> Of course, a purist would be able to tell you all about that. Would be able to tell you about the the different animators that that made that cartoon. Say what? (laughs) (laughs) He knows how to ruin a podcast. (laughs) That's one thing I'll say about Joey. Well, you could certainly say that. So, um, yes. So, have uh, you seen that Popeye cartoon recently? No. I haven't seen it's it probably in ages. On YouTube. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Mr. YouTube. Well, so we hope you've enjoyed the episode of Ned Trek. It was rather lengthy because we stuffed seven songs in it. I think what, there were eight? yeah, seven. Seven, yeah, seven. Seven or eight, actually. Well now it's eight. See they seem to be increasing, even though they're not really increasing. <laughs> no, there really was eight. There was ape. There were eight. There were ape. There were eight. I like that it started with Monty Markham again. It's wild, Steve. It's wild. We always have to start with Monty Markham in the Six Million Dollar Man because oh. 
That was the greatest performance. Yeah, I know. He's the greatest actor who ever lived, Monty Markham. We were just talking about, I mean, will the media let us know when Monty Markham dies? Will it be important enough for it to be on the news? I hope so, because we would like to talk about that on the podcast, of course. We used to have our segment segment about who died. (laughs) We should bring it back. Well, we kind of have to bring it back, because after all, Peter Tork died. I know. Another monkey. Another monkey. Another monkey. Another monkey fell out of the tree. <laughs> I know it's terrible, and I feel terrible. I was just thinking about the monkeys. Yeah, yeah. They did a story about him on NPR oh, did they? today, okay. and they, uh, it was a brief story. They NPR, talked about. So I don't know. They talked about how he was friends with Stephen Stills. Oh, yeah. Who yeah. also tried to be in the monkeys. Yeah, but he had bad teeth, right? And terrible teeth. Yeah. Terrible teeth. He talked weird, too. Yeah. He wasn't quite monkey material. No, he wasn't, mon- he wasn't monkey <laughs> material. That must have been a low. <laughs> he, had to, he had to go into the... <laughs> they wouldn't even let me be a monkey. A monkey! They, they let him and Charles, Charlie Manson go. Like, Sorry, <laughs> you two are just not monkey material. <laughs> no, that Charlie had excellent teeth. <laughs> <laughs> He filed them all into points. <laughs> Excellent teeth, and we really like the, the swastika on his forehead. Yes. He had great teeth. He didn't have that yet. <laughs> he had great teeth, and then he bit me. Wow, that was weird. Somebody's shooting at us. And then he bit me. There's some Coast Guard guy shooting at us. Yes. The Coast be. Guard is shooting at us. Oh. <laughs> well, so I was reminding Joe how rude he was about when Davy Jones died. And yes. now he said that he may have been a victim of monkey poachers. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> it fell to poachers. Terrible. Yeah. Talk about unsentimental. Yeah. I, I actually liked the monkeys. I liked the monkeys too. Yes. I thought the monkeys had good had personalities. Kind of interesting music in a way. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah of course they did, Joe. They were the monkeys. They were the monkeys. The monkeys. <laughs> the monkeys. I listened to, I just had listened to an interview with, I was probably a few years old, but with uh, Mickey Dolenz. Oh. And he was talking about how he was, and you probably knew this already, he was very good friends with Frank Zappa. And then at one point, Frank Zappa asked him to join the Mothers of Invention as the drummer. Oh, so my God. Mickey Dolenz was almost the drummer for Frank Zappa. As fast drummer? <laughs> <laughs> well, Mickey Dolan said that he was taking drumming lessons, so oh, yeah. he got okay. fairly proficient there. Yeah, it took them a few him. albums before they actually started. Re- I think I forget which album they started. I think it was Headquarters. They started actually recording Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Their own stuff, yeah. yeah. They did it themselves. Yeah. And they had, right, that, that movie they made had was, uh, I think Frank Zappa had something to do with that. He was in it. I think Jack Nicholson actually did, help to write that. I wouldn't be surprised. It was very strange. Because it was crazy. Yeah. yeah. It was very strange and crazy. Yes. So, that uh, was a very strange movie. Never watch that movie. Never. So sorry to lose another monkey. Yes, very sorry. Another monkey man. Very sorry. They described uh, Peter Turk as the bass player for the Monkees, which, if you watch the show, he never plays 
bass oh, really? in the show. I bass. don't remember him playing, playing bass. bass. I thought he was with standing there with the bass. Wasn't no, he? well, maybe he was. Yeah, I think he did. I thought he just played he guitars. He had a keyboard and a bass, I thought. Oh, really? I okay. could be wrong. I don't remember. I can't remember the last time I saw the I think monkeys. you're thinking of the Partridge family. <laughs> yeah, that was like uh, Danny Partridge played the bass. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the bass that was like three times the size of him. <laughs> yeah, it was like 20 times bigger than him. Yeah. He's going... Yes, I know. Not well. At least Peter Tork knew how to play these. <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> he did actually know how to play his instrument. Yes, yes, he did. Yes, indeed, he, he did. He was a musician. Well, rest in peace. Yes, I know. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. No joke. I saw it in the paper, and they like said, "What the hell did they say in the paper headline?" It was like some. Oh, I'm trying to remember. I brought the paper in for Debbie this morning, and I I looked at the the. Yeah, below the folk headline. Yeah, like it's, it was. It was something about him being kind of like a off kilter or something, or yeah. offbeat or something. Off, yeah, that was it. It was offbeat yeah. bassist. Yeah, it's like that makes it sound like he wasn't playing bass right. Yeah, not that he had a offbeat personality. I mean, it's like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> leave well, it he, to the newspaper. He, he, I guess fake news. Fake news. Yeah, he got out of music, and then he, he like he had drug problems, the usual thing, and then he ended up being a teacher, like a school teacher for a while. I think you're right. Yeah, but then he did about. he did like reunion tours and things. Mm-hmm. Like that. But yes, I, yeah. I, I don't think he stayed as a musician. He still played. He, I think he played during the tours. Yeah, yeah. They had, they had quite a few reunions. I think mostly without Michael Nesmith, but he he did join them a few times, like for the twentieth anniversary, and then he joined them again. I think after that, at some point. Yeah, yeah. He, he was Michael. too important to be. Yes, he was a producer. He was more serious. He was a serious musician, please. His uh, mother invi- invented whiteout. I'm <laughs> 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 sorry. Mom, can you please white out the first part of my career? <laughs> yeah, they were proud to be monkeys, Joe. They should be. It was a strange show. It was very strange. It was strange it was for funny. its time. It was kind of like the proto. I was impressed. Mickey Dolan's hung out with John Lennon for a while, and I was impressed me. It's somehow hard to picture the two of them together. but Interesting. But there they were. Yeah. <laughs> I guess he was with him during the last John Lennon's last weekend that lasted two years. Or <laughs> was hanging out. Well, with there's him. there's shots of uh, Mike Nesmith at the recording of the symphonic part for A Day in Life. Like, oh yeah, right, right. Bunch yeah, of, right. Because they know, went to visit. See right. the stray shots of you know. Yeah, they went to visit during the yeah. during the recording of Sgt. Pepper. They went to visit the Beatles. Yes. Yeah, Michael um, Mickey Dolan's mentioned that in the interview. That visit, that was crazy. He said that he went to visit him, and he was like dressed in his like most like outrageous hippie uniform. You know, like, <laughs> like, and he went in there, and all the Beatles were just trying to dress in their street clothes, just kind of normal. <laughs> he said he felt hey. he felt like a clown. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I thought this was a costume ball. <laughs> That's funny. That's so funny. Where was that interview? Um. Okay. Was it a it was, podcast? Or? Yeah, it was a podcast interview. Oh. You could find it. Nice. It came up really fast. I wasn't even looking for it. I came up with it. <laughs> I, you know, it's really, YouTube is very strange what they suggest to you. 
you know, to watch. And somehow that came up for me. I don't. <laughs> I had watched the same guy like interview Dick Van Dyke. I think. Oh. So I think that's why. So. Was Dick Van Dyke and the Monkeys? <laughs> I'm hi. I'm Dick Van Dyke of the Monkeys. <laughs> what are you doing, Nelson? What are you doing here? <laughs> what are you doing in the Monkeys? <laughs> so we had in that episode of Nutrack, we like had callbacks to Doctor Bellows, and, yes, <laughs> and of course Doctor Smith as usual. Lots of doctors. Yeah, it was. Uh, it had more doctors than a clinic. <laughs> My back is extremely delicate. <laughs> Pearl is like channeling Smith. Yeah, Pearl is. Yeah, that character. He somehow has to... channeled Smith and Doctor Bellows. <laughs> I know. He and has he, to and draw he said, on and he said, "Rob me alive." Impossible. That was another. <laughs> that was another line Smith. from Smith. Yeah, that was Smith. <sighs> Smith. There's some. Uh, Jonathan Harris interviews out there too. Really? Yeah, yeah, you can find some. I yeah. found some. He was a. There's a great one man show he did in uh, Australia in which he talks. Apparently, Lost in Space was like really big in Australia. And so he went to Australia. And I don't know when it was. It was probably about like five years before he died or so. And uh, was it like when he they had did the they... robot with him? Oh my god! And so, and the and with the you know, with the guy that did the robot's voice was was did the the voice for the robot. Was that when they did that uh, documentary, that cheap documentary that we used to watch? It was after that. That was it, that was, I think an I Aussie think it was after that. Thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. I think that was Australia. Yeah, that was Australia. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, Australia. They were really into Lost in Space. Interesting. Yeah. So there. Into Lost in Space down under. They're all named Bruce. And all... <laughs> you like Lost in Space, Bruce? <laughs> yeah, I like You don't like Lost in Space? <laughs> you mind if we say you like it to keep it clear? <laughs> Just to keep it clear. <laughs> Dr. Smith. <laughs> he doesn't like those kiwis. <laughs> oh, God. Yes. Speaking so, of the monkeys. Anyway, so we've talked just about shows. Started with Popeye. Well, we then started, there were some cartoons. Yes. <laughs> there were cartoons. And we then, talked, uh, fully clothed, talked about the monkeys. Fully clothed British officer jumped into the sea. <laughs> and there were some more cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> then a, a big hammer came down. Oh, God. Oh, well, my God. Anyway, I don't know what you people want us to talk about. Probably nothing. Probably the sooner we shut up, the better. Sooner we shut up, the better. Sooner we go away. If we'd only go away and shut up. If we'd only shut up. We don't make any sense. We are bound to give offense. We will go away. We're going to go away soon. That's my prediction. Where are we going? So it was your. What was your three months like? <laughs> it's been oh yeah, three yeah, months been a, since really? last time. Well, I are think it was. Sure? I think it was December. 
Yeah, we probably. I think it was early. Yeah. We posted in December, but I yeah. think we recorded it in November. Late November. Are you working on the next episode? Because you were going to write one. I've been working on nothing but a website. Oh, you fool. Not our website. A website. Another website. Oh. <laughs> well, how does that help with the show? It doesn't. <laughs> what web- website are you working on? One it's for a, your ass. It's one for my work. Oh. <laughs> my work. <laughs> what good does that do? Please. <laughs> well, can't you do that when you're at your job? <laughs> I don't. I'm not at my job enough. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm only yeah. at my job 40 that's, hours a week. So that's a syndrome I know only too well. <laughs> it spills over into yes. my time. Yes. I have a deadline. Okay. Yes. So sorry, Ned Truck fans. Oh You'll no! You'll just I'll get have to, to wait. No, I'll get to it. It only takes five minutes to write an episode. <laughs> it's like two hours long. I know. <laughs> How ironic. <laughs> Well, we write them stream of consciousness. I'll flesh it in. In case you can't tell. I'll flesh it in. stream of consciousness. I'll I'll, I'll just... uh, I'm thinking about how people really write, and they probably, like, write something maybe similar to the way we do, and then they go over it a bunch of times, and we just write it, and then maybe go over it once. Yeah. uh, We we fall down in the area of revisions. I'm slow. Well, I wrote that ep- that last episode, and I did like half of it, and then there was like two months where I didn't get to write it, and so the second half was like two months <laughs> <laughs> later. I couldn't even remember what the characters were. It's like <laughs> I usually start it, and then I hand it off to a chimp for a while, and then I get it back. Yeah, I usually have to finish your stupid episodes. Oh, that's right. I was mixing you up with a chimp. <laughs> I know, thanks. <laughs> I hand it off to a chimp. I think I'm Baby Jones or something. <laughs> Watch those poachers. Yeah, we're gunning for you next, Nesmith. <laughs> we're gunning for you. Gunning for you next, Nesmith. <laughs> Jesus. It's parody. You guys played some. You played in your one of the first bands you ever played in was a duo, and they played in Michael Nesmith's song. And yeah, yeah, it was with Dave Barber, and he used to he used to introduce it in kind of in a tongue in cheek way. It's it's written by one of the monkeys. It's written by one of the monkeys. Yeah. Yes. Well, you kind of made him sound like Steve Austin. We made it's about as close as I can get. Scarlet. I don't give a damn. Scarlet. Yeah, he's he kind of talked like uh, yeah, he's a clerk like Gable. Yeah, he was bit. in the Gable. Yeah, he kind of sang like him. Yeah. I was trying to think of which which Michael Nesmith I song he don't did. Honestly, no, I don't honestly know. I can't. When I think back to the songs we used to do, I mostly think you of just might be the one. Well, now that sounds like Nixon. Nixon. Like, <laughs> someone to understand and you just might be the one <laughs> I think back actually to Dave's songs yeah. those are the ones I remember are his. oh Jamaica yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm singing it as Nixon yeah I remember one of Dave's songs I don't remember oh yeah the last one too I used to ask him to play that one I was the one play the last one I was the one in the audience telling him to play the hit Send you the last one. Yeah, because it had an environmental. Yeah, it did. 
Jesus Christ. How old were you then? You were like 18, 19. right? 19? Okay, because I must have been... What the hell does that make me? You would have been 15. 15 or 16. Depending. I'm getting older. No, 16. I'm getting older. <laughs> Wait, you're four and a half years older than me. You been How 15? could I have been 15 and you've been 19? Well, you were probably 15. do math. You were probably 15 because oh, was late I started summer? playing with him in, in August. So you must have oh, just okay. turned 15. Well, it was just a summer thing, wasn't it? Because it was in the Adirondack Mountains. I think oh, I, the mountains. Yeah, I think I, oh, oh, the, the mountains. mountains. I think I started playing with him in the, in the summer, in the late summer. And then... You carried... Because we, we played up at the... Yeah. I was thinking about that time, because I remember when we were... Played up at the Capitol. We were... Uh, yeah, right. Over... You were like the house band. <laughs> it was literally like... I think it was one night a week, or yeah. maybe two nights, on the on the long weekend. And... <laughs> there was like almost nobody in that place. That place was so quiet. I used to have a table to myself every night. Oh, it was very quiet. quiet. For a resort, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember you used to do that Dylan song. Joe, that would Joe would sing oh, one uh, song. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, Cloud so swift, the rain coming in. Gonna see a movie called Goody Dead. <laughs> why? Why that song? Uh, yeah. Rock, yeah, Easy Chair. Yeah. yeah. Easy Tomorrow's the day that my bride's gonna come. Ooh, we're gonna fly down to the easy chair. Easy chair. Yeah. That was it. That was the one. Yeah, it's a really strange choice. Yeah, that's kind of been tape era. I used to do the band's um, Sleeping. Uh, that, that song by Rich Manuel. Oh, yeah, I know. From Big Pink. He didn't actually... I don't think he wrote it, but he, he wrote the music. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. I spent the whole night sleeping. Yeah, that's a, that's a nice song. And then he didn't write any more songs after. No, he didn't. <laughs> it's like Ravi Robertson kept expecting everybody else to write songs. <laughs> they like never did. He kept telling them that. He was like, write more songs. Yeah. I was like, he, he just had like, to write all the songs. <laughs> they were too busy having a good time. <laughs> I think it was a bit of that. Yeah. Too busy joking them. Yes, Richard, oh dear. Oh dear. He's good. very good musician. Yeah, they were all very good. They were all good. They, were all very good. they had a they sweet talented. Talented men. They definitely had a sweet spot. They're all gone, just about to for except for Garth and Garth and Robbie. And Robbie, yeah, yeah. I got Robbie's book last month. <laughs> all the voices are gone, essentially. I know. <laughs> yeah. All those incredible voices. Yeah. All that harmony. Yeah. That's what those guys were good at. We're just dancing on the rubble here, folks. Yeah. Sorry. Dancing Sorry, on the rubble. I was such a downer. We started with Popeye. Of course, Popeye's long dead. <laughs> Popeye's long dead. Popeye's so long are the goons. All the goons are dead. in searing pain. <laughs> and all the goons are gone. All the goons and the goon hair are gone. 
Sorry about that. Sorry then about we, the goons. Then we got to the monkeys and they're all, they're all dead too. <laughs> oh, they're all dead. Oh, Pa, he's dead too. <laughs> Ma, he's dead. He's got a bunch of gravel in his chest. <laughs> Said it cuts down on his overhead. Cuts down on the overhead. <laughs> Sorry, we're channeling the big belly now. Oh my God, we are so media burned. We've done, talked about nothing but the media, Joe. I know, talk about something real, for God's sake. At least we didn't talk about President... Dick Wad. <laughs> President Mushroom Dick. <laughs> President... Cracker. Damien put the toadstool in the stew. President <laughs> Cracker Brain, Twitter troll, oh, drunk Okay, well, we gotta go oh, now. Oh my goodness. Because look at the time. Oh my goodness, it's fast. Okay. Good night, Theo. Well, anyway. Oh, we have to sing our song. We're gonna sing our little song. Jesus. This soul the Sunday. Sorry for. Sure, sorry about the name. This Sunday. This Sunday. Sure, sorry about the name episode. For, got a new song for the end. That's where I'm gonna do the old song. Sorry, folks. It could be the new song too. I know. I want to go home. Come, Mr. Tallyman, tally me banana. Come in me one. Okay. Six foot, seven foot, eight foot bunch. Daylight come in. I want to go home. Well, uh, so, uh, Good night. <laughs> Good night. Ding, ding, ding. It's time for us to go. It's time for us to go. It's time for us. It's time for us. It's time for us to go. 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 Really glad to be here. I Check us out at check us out at big-green.net. Follow me at Big Green Joe. Don't follow him too far. You'll fall off the moon. I've already fallen off the moon. I can't do it twice. No. Off the moon. Off the moon. Off the moon. Okay, I'm leaving. Aqua moon.